1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Neil Lennon doesn't want revenge to be on his players' minds when they welcome Cluj tomorrow Rangers are in Switzerland as they prepare to take on young boys looking for two wins from two and Paul Heckingbottom's given a notice of complaints after his red card at the weekend I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is Jim Duffy and Mark Weedy Yeah, that is it's preparation for Europe uh, Gordon, as you said, Celtic at home to Cluj looking for revenge for the Champions League exit and Rangers over in Switzerland against young boys Interesting to hear from Neil Lennon and from Stephen Gerrard To hear what they've got to say And also too, 24 hours on But still, uh, the decision to include Lon Shankland In the Scotland squad For me, good on him Hope the boy does well For Steve Clark, a brave call But it does show the lack of number nines That we've got out there at the moment Jim Duffy, these big European weeks are great Aren't they? We, we had a, a taste for it last season We're getting them again They're coming thick and fast With a genuine belief that, that both sides can maybe do something in these groups Yeah I mean they both started off uh, with terrific results And we just want to maintain that And it'd be fantastic if they could get uh, two wins And tomorrow night put themselves in pole position to qualify And that would be outstanding And I think we have to put things in perspective When we look at Tottenham's result last night You know at home to Bayern Now the English media and some of the English pundits Have rubbished Scottish football time and time again And uh, you know with the resources and the money they have spent you know that, that that's actually an embarrassing result. So I think Earth clubs sometimes punch above their weight and maybe don't get the credit. So let's hope they can keep doing it tomorrow night. Mm. And of course, Mark Guidi, for for the bigger picture, this is, this is a perfect example of what both these sides are dealing with at the weekend. Because Rangers come off the back of a brilliant, convincing win against Aberdeen. Celtic have the disappointment of of dropping points through there at Easter Road, but but no time to dwell on that because mm. just a couple of days later, massive games roll around, and the same will apply on Thursday yeah. and Friday when it's back to the domestic stuff. It does, and and that's what we love about it, Gordon. We want busy calendars, you know. So the old firm are going Thursday, Sunday, Sunday, Thursday, whatever. It's game two um, tomorrow night. Rangers have had a victory at home to Feyenoord. Celtic with a really good result away to to Ren. So they're, they're in good shape after match day one. We're then in international week as well. As soon as the weekend's out the road, it's a build up. Albeit there's nothing to play for now. We can't finish in second place. That said. Four games to get it right in terms of March of the playoffs. So between now and Christmas, Gordon, as you well know, because you'll hardly have a day off, <laughs> it is going to be relentless. But we'd rather have it that way rather Absolutely. than having no teams in Europe and Scotland being totally out of things. Oh one four one nine five one one oh two five. That is the number you need tonight. Let's hear from you right now because it's match day minus one. I think that's what they call it in UEFA speak, and that means it's the last chance really for you to have your say, get your pre-match thoughts in, your pre-match predictions. Can both teams come away with a win? Who should play? Who shouldn't play Steven Gerrard has not long finished his press conference in Switzerland We're there in the Rangers camp We'll speak to Andrew McLean live And we'll bring you Steven Gerrard's thoughts from his press conference Let's kick off uh, with Neil Lennon So Celtic fans, ideal time for you to get your calls in He says he doesn't want the players getting caught up in the hype of this you know, revenge mission against Cluj uh, Only a couple of months ago, wasn't it? Back in August, the Romanian side knocked them out of qualifying Beating them 4-3 uh, at Celtic Park They do meet tomorrow In the Europa League this time And Neil Lennon says Simply his players will be focused You know it was quite recent And we know that It was a game that got away from us And you know It was always an opportunity in football Maybe to You know Right or wrong If you want to put it that way But Maybe a little bit of extra motivation For the players But the motivation is That we've started the group well And we're at home And 
it's important to try and reinforce the home advantage when you can. You can use it as a motivation as long as the players, you know, don't get too over emotional and uh, play aggressively, but play controlled. We're looking forward to the game. You know, it's the first home game in the in the group stage, and we're very excited about it. I think Clues are a good team. You know, they've proved that. You know, since they played us, you know, they're very close to knocking out Slavia, and then you know they get a good result against Lazio. So. All in all, you know, take away all the the day stories if you want. It's going to be a, a tough game for us, but one that we're ready for. Right, Jim Duffy, explain to me how this works. Then you're supposed to use it as extra motivation, but not too much that it, that it becomes overwhelming. <laughs> how do you find that balance? Yeah, I mean, it's trying to keep uh, clear heads because you know players are you know notoriously on social media, so they will they will understand. You know, they kind of build up to this game as maybe more than some one or two of the other games. Obviously, it is still fresh in the minds. You know, that they were knocked out of the, the Champions League, the opportunity to play in the Champions League group stages, which was a massive blow. Neil Lennon himself took an enormous amount of criticism for that for that uh, loss in that game. So I think he'll be hoping that his players um, can have a terrific result just to, to kind of re-emphasise really that they're back on track again and it was just a, a bad 45 minutes. But listen, any team that goes to Celtic Park and scores four goals commands respect. And so I think that um, you know, people just think, well, because Bolling is better now, because Julian's better now, you know, Callum McGregor will back into midfield, it'll just click automatically. I think you you you, you know you, you could end up getting uh, you know a shock. So Celtic have to play well, have to defend better, have to concentrate. But it's, uh, yeah, it's getting the balance right between having that as aggression, as, as Neil Lennon says, but keeping it under uh, under control. Is Neil Lennon the type? Do you think Mark Guidi to, to to mention that? Whether it be you know tomorrow immediately before kick off, or whether it's today in the build up to the game of quite simply, remember how much that that defeat oh, stung. Yeah. Remember the criticism that followed. Yeah. Um, do you think it's the sort of thing that will be referenced? Yeah, uh, I think so. I think even Scott Brown has mentioned it at the weekend at the start of the week too, how you know he was disappointed with his own performance given away the penalty kick, etc. etc. As Jim said mm-hmm. there, you know, Neil Lennon came in for a lot of criticism. You know, it's because there's so much riding on it, Gordon. There's thirty million quid. I mean, I think Celtic's results came out and the Champions um league has been worth thirty two million pounds to them um in the past. So that's the kind of money they're talking about. But yeah, it will be referenced. Celtic are in much better shape than what they were six weeks ago when Cluj um, knocked them out but Cluj are still capable of coming and hurting them they beat Lazio um, in game one so it's there but I think what will be interesting for me as well tomorrow night as much as Celtic with a good result away to Ren. now I don't have the stats really should have looked them up maybe with time mm-hmm. to do it but Celtic part has not been a fortress yeah. for long enough now and you, you know going back to Neil Lennon's first time and Gordon's track mm-hmm. and Martin Neal but um, yeah, it's that, not been a fortress yeah. at home for too long now. It, and it, used, to be, right. it used to be that mm. Celtic used to get slaughtered for their away performances, mm-hmm. and that home was a fortress. Actually, that those those have broken down yeah. a long time ago because oh, they've actually got a couple of decent results on the road. Yeah, they have, and and I know they've been playing a high caliber opposition at home as well. You know, your Barcelonas and your PSGs and stuff like that. But the days of I think clubs going to Celtic Park and being intimidated are long gone. And you need to build that up over a couple of seasons and it's whether Celtic can get into a rhythm of doing that again. Oh one four one nine five one one oh two five. Let's hear from you. Let's kick things off with Brian and Stirling. Hi Brian. Uh, good evening, lads. How are you doing? All all well, I hope. Yep, good Hi, Brian. Brian. How are you? Excellent. Uh, well I've been away for a while, uh, two and a half months on the road and but I have been listening to you coming f- through the app and interesting some stuff. The clues thing, right, so Celtic for 45 minutes and a wee bit longer but for 45 minutes looked like it was going to take us 
through and into the um, into the Champions League, but it didn't happen. But forty five hard minutes at the back of it. Now that was on the back for me, a defence that didn't hardly know each other. Um, they're really trying to gel together. But since then, the Celtic team has produced and surprising some folk in the rain squad. I don't care about other supporters, what they think, celebrating Neil Lennon getting the league, you know, the job um, because they were going to win the league. I don't care about them. Neil Lennon is a good manager. Neil Lennon's done well. He's had a bad 45 minutes so far in the season. That was against Cluj. The rest of the season, the team has gelled together. We're getting stronger. We're getting more, um, a, a, more of a... A team performance rather than having that individual uh, performance that digs us out of a hole. I think the guys are really turning on as a team performance. Now, I'm going to slightly touch, hopefully, if you allow me to touch on the penalty incidents on, at the weekend. But for tomorrow night, what we need to do is do exactly what we've been doing the last while. Win it by playing like a good team. Now, don't take away from any individuals that are, that are doing your Christie's been a 10 out of 10 for me brilliant player glad that he's a Scotsman as well um, the, the, the full backs have been excellent but Big Julian's come in he, he was bought for I mean, 7 8 million pounds and he, he looks like a 7 or 8 million pound player than now he looks like a captain in the making um, you know Bruni Bruni as you know in this show how I feel about Bruni he's an amazing player an impossible player to try and replicate. So we're looking for him within the squad to for for leaders from within the squad. Big Julian's looking fantastic. You've got your your up top. I mean, we're no bio. The players love him. The, the fans are, will love him because I feel Edward is earmarked for a move. No, the new though. Um, not in January, I hope. But the whole scenario is Celtic have went full 10 points more for me than what they were last season Alright let's look at this this um, perceived improvement Jim because I don't, I don't think anyone would argue that, that the Celtic do look better now than they did against Cluj as much as Brian says that's a, a team thing rather than focusing on individuals surely the, the two are linked it's, it's the improvement in Ball and Golly it's the improvement in Christopher Julian that, that's why yeah. People think that they're they're better equipped now. Well, we can only speak for, for what we think, and I don't think we were. Well, certainly, I wasn't overly critical of Celtic, the players, and even the performance. I think it was more the fans. <laughs> the Celtic fans themselves were unhappy, and uh, obviously that that's etched by the disappointment. I understand that you know it's exaggerated by the disappointment getting knocked out the Champions League. But like anything we said before, you need time. Julian needed time. Bolingola needed time. You know, you need your players to be available and fit. And, you know, Celtic have struggled at times with the injuries. Semenovic, Beton, uh, who can fill in that centre-back. Even Ayer missed a, a game or so. So it's been difficult. But once they've had a settled back line or a more settled back line, I think you can see that the rest of the players then can then play in mm. their natural positions and there's a little bit more balance to the side. And then come with that comes confidence and belief. I, I'm, I'm not I, I mean Brian's saying about Julian I think Julian's a good player I think there's still bits of him still, he's still got to learn just position a little bit I wouldn't be looking at the captaincy over the next year or so I think there are, there are other players um, I think who understand the Scottish meaning of a captain if you want to call it that uh, is slightly different abroad um, I think uh, you know but the one thing I do agree is that it's hard to follow a captain like Scott Brown he's maybe one of the 
of a kind of dying breed in, in the terms of how what the captaincy means to players. But uh, overall, I think Celtic have improved and I would expect them to win against Cluj, but I do not expect it to be as comfortable as, as one or two people might think. I mean, Mark, I suppose the the whole the whole timing of the, of the last game play, played a massive part as well, because mm-hmm. since then, Elianusi has been signed, Greg Taylor has been signed, yeah. Morris Bauer has been signed, so... The, the the fallout from that game Centred around really Callum McGregor Playing at left back Now yeah. one thing is Absolutely Certain Callum McGregor will not Play left back tomorrow Because he won't have to So no. um, Not only are you looking at Have The players who were there At that time Have they improved Celtic now simply have More players as well Than they yeah. did then And it was only What was it Six, seven weeks ago Yeah I mean I, I think at that time You could have looked at the Celtic squad uh, And I think I said it at the time You know I didn't fancy ball and goal He still got my doubts um, About I think Greg Taylor Eventually be the, the number one fullback for Celtic there But You looked at Celtic at that point And I remember that Posing the question Have they done enough so far In the transfer window And I don't think they had When the window closed 10-12 days later I think yeah I think it was a very good window For Celtic um, yeah, you didn't want to lose Kieran Tierney, but you know the, the boy wanted to go and sell to get twenty five million quid for him. So yeah, it's it's fine. But again, get back to the point where, where I hope Celtic will learn a lesson, just for exactly what you said, Gordon. When they weren't ready and players settling in, that's where January becomes a more important window for Celtic. You can't you can't leave it to chance for the month of July and the first two weeks in August that you're going to get it right and gel a team. That's why you need to buy. Or if you're going to do loan players in January, do them for 18 months. Don't do them for six months and they're away again and you're starting from scratch. Mm. So that's a lesson that Celtic need to learn. But they are in much better shape. I think they will. I agree with Jim. I expect Celtic to win tomorrow night. But I think there'll be goals again. It wouldn't surprise me if it's a 3-2, 3-1. But Celtic will win. I predict two nothing to Celtic tomorrow because of the, the the defense. But let me take let me take you back to my second point quickly because the weekend on Saturday there, I was on nights, I woke up, 12 o'clock, I was uh, offshore at the time, and I watched I watched the game, and now I, I cannot for the life of me see why the two incidents, one even more glaringly than the other, were not penalties. I, I have no, I've watched it back time and time again, and I have no idea. The, the linesman was actually 15 to 20 yards away from it and could not have missed it. The referee, if he was unsighted, I'll forgive him. But nothing in the, in the amount of times I've watched it can convince me that that was not a penalty. And what was even more galling was you had the, 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 the BT ref who reports during the game directly saying penalty. No, not any ambiguity at all. Penalty instant on both occasions. One on Christie and one on Boyer. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not... I'm not. I'm going to stop short of saying that there's any kind of um, preconceived ideas by referees. But how and how in God's earth did he not see what every single person in the country that watched the game and everybody that was at the game could see? I think it was a penalty. Certainly, the first one for me was clear cut, as you'll find. The second one, yeah, probably a penalty, but not as clear cut. I mean, I, I remember Izagiri getting done for something similar at Petorja against yeah. Aberdeen, where the cross gets over and there was a slight follow through, mm-hmm. and rightly so, Celtic were, were given a penalty against him. But for Kevin Clancy and other officials to miss that first one on Christie mm-hmm. on uh, Saturday was 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 really surprising. It was a clear penalty kick. Go along with that, Jim. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought the first one with Lou Stevenson was a definite penalty kick. The second one, again, I'm not sure. You know, I mean, I know Brian saying in the referees, but listen, it's all about opinion. 
one referee gives it, another referee doesn't. We think it or not think it. But I, I, I'm, I'm not totally convinced on the Bauer one. And then, and then obviously the other talking point was was the, the possible sending off of of Incham. You know, and, and that, that's the thing that you know that that could have impacted in the game as well. So I think for Brian to try and suggest the referee might have a bit of favouritism, then you've got to give it into consideration. Do you think it was a red card? Do you think uh, Incham should have been sent off? Yeah, I think in the, in the way the rules are now, because the, what they tell you is above the shoulder, so neck, face, if you do that, that's a red card. That's what you we're told when we speak to referees. Mm-hmm. If it's on the chest, if you push him in the chest, it's not, it's a yellow card. If you push him in the face, it's a red card. So, listen, you know, <laughs> you know you'll get poor decisions, I've said before, you know, one way or the other. Sometimes it goes for you, sometimes it goes against you. But, uh, yeah, there was a few controversial ones at the weekend, that's for sure. Brian, final word to you. Well, I feel that um, we need to galvanise. As you said, Celtic Park used to be one hell of a fortress. We need to be as our, as as a support, and this is what I'm I'm speaking to our support now. Tomorrow night, let's go and roar them to victory, because these guys have got it. These guys are turning into a right good team, and Neil Lennon is is. He's brought back an awful lot of fun to the football. We're watching, I mean, we went to Ibrox. I was away, by the way, so I've not had a chance to speak to you about it. We went to Ibrox and we looked like we were bossing the game big time. We've looked really good in the in the league so far. We've looked good in the, in the Cups. Tomorrow night is a great chance for us to put that that one forty five minute spell that we've had that we can really be there was a lot of rhetoric come out about oh Neil Lennon's know the man if you see this sure we lost a lot of money but we, we we've got a lot of money it's not about money it's about giving these fans something to cry and enjoy about something to stand up and say yes we're Celtic supporters and tomorrow night we get up man to man shoulder to shoulder and we fight fight hard for Celtic that is what it's all about tomorrow night. I love it. A, ra- a rallying cry from Brian and Sterling. He's been away too long. He's almost gone full Mel Gibson on us there, has Brian. I like that. 01419511025. It was sort of Mel Gibson slash Kevin Keegan, actually, wasn't it? I love it if we beat them. Uh, we're on Twitter uh, as well. Kenneth McGrouter says, I don't think it's that the new players have got better, but they are more in tune on whole as a team. And Scotty Bollingolly fully expects an electrifying night at Parkhead tomorrow. Can't honestly call it, but I have faith the boys will provide a sterner test. Hopefully, Collect the three points Bring back the thunder Says Scott It's 0141 Rangers fans We're going to be going to Switzerland Next to speak to Andrew McLean He's going to bring us All the talking points From Stephen Gerrard's press conference So let's hear from you After the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Getting you full compensation Is their goal Talk to Thompson's.com Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi here with me, Gordon Duncan, and tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're looking ahead to a massive night in Europe for Celtic and Rangers tomorrow in the Europa League. Positive start for both. Can they pick up where they left off? Can Celtic get their first win? Can Rangers make it two wins from two? We'll find out in just over 24 hours' time. Uh, Rangers fans, good time for you to call because we're going to be speaking to Andrew McLean, who's in Switzerland. He's been a uh, Hearing from Stephen Gerrard They'll bring you all the talking points Ahead of that one uh, In fact I think we can do that now The old firm in Europe On Clyde One With Ladbrooks.com Backing Scottish football All season long uh, Andrew McLean travelled over yesterday He's just been speaking to Stephen Gerrard In the pre-match press conference Anything to report Andrew? 
Yeah, well, um, you know, he was he was just out in the pitch beforehand, having a look around. I'm actually just sat out in the in the stadium at the moment, looking out. It's a 32,000 seater stadium. This one, it's called the Stade de Suisse Vankdorf. I've been led to believe it's pronounced, despite the. Uh, that was definitely a spelled, V. Yeah, yeah, pronounce it with yes, a V. That's yes, uh, on the side v, of caution, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a pretty <laughs> modern looking stadium, completely enclosed. Should be a good atmosphere here tomorrow night. But of course, there's not going to be any Rangers fans here. They've not taken the allocation because of the UEFA charges they received earlier on in the campaign that was their own decision so it will be four stands full of Young Boys fans but I think it is meant to be close to a sellout anyway I think around 28,000 last I'd heard as for the team Rangers will be facing well they've won the last two sort of Swiss top flight titles they've got decent results in Europe over the past few seasons actually they made it to the Champions League group stages last season but they got drawn in a horrible group they get Juventus Manchester United and Valencia, but they still managed to get four points out of that, which is not a bad return at all. They got a draw at home to Valencia and a win at home to Juventus as well, so two very decent results. Um, in terms of their style of play, they've got two big strikers. They, they do go quite direct at times, something that Steven Gerrard addressed in his pre-match media duties a few moments ago. He says it would be he says it would be disrespectful to dismiss them as a long ball team. He says they've got big respect for their opponents tomorrow night, but he does think they've got enough to win it if they play at their best. I think we come here with respect for for this young boys team. I think to win this league domestically by I think it was twenty points um, to get Champions League qualification. They're obviously a very good team. Um, they won at the weekend three two against the friend of mine's team as well, which we've covered in the last couple of days. So yes, they're a, they're a direct team, but I think it'd be a dis disrespect if you just said they're direct because I think they play some nice football. Uh, at the right times, they try and get the ball wide and cross early. Uh, they fill the box with, with big numbers, and they're a very positive team. I think they try and thrive off uh, the thirty odd thousand that are in the stadium and try and play at a good speed. So um, we come here with big respect for the team that we're facing. Um, at the same time, we we believe if we can play to our level and, and cope cope with the pitch and cope with the supporters. We've got enough to try and hurt young boys as well. So we come here with confidence, but with big respect. Uh, any personnel issues for Stephen Gerrard, Andrew? Who was who he? Who was he mentioning? Everyone fit and available. That's a very good point because the press conference actually ended early, so we didn't even get a chance to ask Stephen Gerrard about team news, which is not ideal when you're in this position. But uh, it's something that I will uh, I'll find out as soon as I can and, and get along to you. But uh, yeah, the players did come out. They were. Um, walking out the tunnel, they were having a look round the, the pitch as well. Joe, no Joe Arrivo here, he was training with the rest of the squad in Glasgow earlier on today. He's got a protective uh, headgear on now, we won't see him until after the international break. There is question marks over whether Ryan Kent could play tomorrow night. Jordan Jones, of course, he's, he's, he's back fit, he's back running, but he's not in the Europa League squad. But it was interesting seeing the players just having a, a, a bit of a look around because it is an artificial pitch here, which you don't see that often when you go to away teams in Europe. It's something that they'll have to contend with, as well as the weather, of course, as well, because it's actually a lot colder than I was expecting. It's, it's going to be about four degrees tomorrow when the two teams square off. There's also been torrential rain at times as well, but that's something we're, we're more than used to as well back home. But something that Rangers are used to as well is artificial pitches. Of course, there is three of them in the top flight of Scottish football and Stephen Gerrard he, he was walking out in the pitch and uh, he said it actually looks better than the ones that he plays in Scotland he says it does give young boys an advantage going into the game but he admits that they're well used to playing on them I think the pitch looks fine on the eye I think the green pellets instead of the black pellets obviously make it a lot 
easier on the eye. Um, but look, astral turf pitches are astral turf pitches. Um, they are with the eye. You've just got to get on with it. We we don't want to use it as an excuse. Of course, they'll have an advantage being at home with all the fans in the stadium and being a lot more used to the pitch than us. But you know, we do get um, enough games to be able to cope on, on astral turf pitches. Um, the players. We have three teams domestically, and um, it wasn't so long ago we had to go and play a tough game with the likes of Ufa away from home. So we have had decent enough experience to be able to cope on on the pitch, but it's probably a more suitable question for the players because they're the ones that have to go out and deal with it rather than myself. Uh, and Andrew, I wonder if there was any suggestion of how Rangers go about this. If you remember the Feyenoord game, that, that was at home, and they, they pressed Feyenoord quite aggressively and, and managed to get that good result. Any suggestions? As to whether they repeat that or they go for a different strategy tomorrow. Yeah, he was, you know, asked specifically about that, and he said that, you know, the pressing worked well against Feyenoord. But he, he talked about the pitch and he talked about Young Boy's style of play, and he said that this will look very different from his Rangers side. So obviously, with the way Steven Gerrard, he, he's dealt very well with his European fixtures over his uh, season and a bit at Rangers. He's, he's navigated them very well, and this is just a different test for him and that's what he was alluding to he was saying that you know they're, they're a very different style of play for Feyenoord it's not quite the, the big pitch with the slick surface that they had at Ibrooks against Feyenoord and I would expect that there would be um, quite a few changes in terms of style of play for Rangers than there was in that Feyenoord game Great stuff thank you very much Andrew McLean keeping an eye on things in Switzerland he'll watch the game tomorrow he'll bring you all the post-match reaction as well let's go back to the phones and speak to John who is a Rangers fan tomorrow are you a confident Rangers fan for tomorrow John? Skeptical because of the park. There's not been beaten fourteen wins at home. Mm. No, I mean, so if you try to tell me that's not a big advantage. Mm. No, I mean they haven't been beaten fourteen wins at home. So let's be honest. And they won't be twenty points. So playing in that part. But I think we're going to have a game like Livingston. That's my bottom line. That's what they Gerard saying on the part. I think we're just going to have the same kind of battle, same as Livingston. That we're going to have to be up for a, yeah. a battle. It's not going to be nice, pretty football. It's going to be. And it's what you said, they go direct, but they, they get, yeah, it's what you said, they get us away, but they're home for the bounces and everything, get the ball in the boats, and when the ball falls, half the time you don't know what's going to happen in the boats, no, especially, it's not an actual surface. But I suppose, John, when you, get in a, when you get an away game in group stage football in Europe, especially when you've already won your home game, are you of a mind to say, you know, I don't think, settle for a point is the wrong phrase, but I'm sure you would take that now, would you? I'll take, I'll take anything You know what I mean See the end of the day hey, Listen I know I put The kiss of death But no, I've done well Since Gerrard's been in So I'll take everything Every game at a time Do you know what I mean One game at a time In Europe And if we get a draw Get a draw If we sneak a victory We sneak a victory If we get a victory My United struggled Mourinho didn't like the park either There's nobody like that park That's played against In the, the comments And it shouldn't have been played At that, that level It shouldn't have been played But how do you see this one panning out tomorrow then? Interesting to hear Andrew mm. saying there that Stephen Gerrard quite open about the fact that it won't be the mm. same type of performance that they, they or the same strategy or tactic, mm. if you like, that they used against Feyenoord. Yeah, if you're up against a technical side who plays through the thirds, then you press high up the pitch, obviously, to try and because you know they're going to play short, sharp passing. So if you can win it high up the pitch, you're in a really good position. If you're against a team who play who miss out the midfield at times and play up to the strikers, then if your midfield's high up the pitch, there's a big gap. So you've got two ways of approaching it. 
You either press them really high quickly So they don't get their head up To hit the, 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 the strikers Or you drop off and, and shut the spaces in front of them So you get a block in front of the, the, the two main strikers And then you pick up the play from there And you play on counter-attack And that's you know something that Rangers can certainly do Either now because they have the options uh, of doing that um, but you know Listen there's always a lot made of pitches Rangers played against Livingston This last week um, You know so they, they they know how to, 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 to Play in that surface now It's not as unfamiliar You know as, as it was maybe to one or two Of the players uh, initially um, But all the, the 3G pitches Are slightly different mm-hmm. And uh, you know I'm not a great lover of either but they're all some are a bit harder. Some have got a bit under, you know, under the surface what they're laid on. And Stephen Gerrard said, yeah, cosmetically it looks better because they've got green pellets rather than black pellets. But that, they've still got pellets. They've still got rubber pellets. So there's a definite advantage for the home team with that pitch, absolutely. Um, but Rangers have got to move the ball quickly and uh, and you know d- d- defend resolutely mm. as they've done in nearly all the European games. John. Aye, well, listen, my, my, my original point is there a compliance officer in Scotland this year? I yes. think you probably know there is, John, so let's cut right. to the chase. Right. Well, cut to the chase. Well, the compliance officer for last Wednesday, the compliance officer for Saturday, they like a conspiracy theory for referees. You know what I mean? We're going to the point that these things even themselves out over the season. Decisions go against both teams, each and every out, and we've got, we've got a compliance officer who's not done nothing this year. The referees, they've been, making, they've been making these bad decisions for years. This is nothing new about penalties and stuff after ball. This is just natural. It's human error. And you've just mm. got to go on with it. No paranoia, no conspiracies. Just go on with it. What is it you want to see the compliance officer involved in then? Well, the rebel one. And then, well, a chairman will be interested in the chairman, but if he's going to lift his hands, other people get, I mean, McGregor get, McGregor get too much planned for last unit, get to it. Yeah, but we've been through this, John. If the referee saw it, then the compliance officer can't get involved. What? Supposedly it's so blatant. The referees might have seen McGregor's. No, 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 he wouldn't have, though. That's the point. If the referee. Can you not know, upgrade it? Yeah, if the referee didn't see it or didn't see all of it. But see, we give a booking, can he not change his mind and pick up the red card? Yes, if the referee admits afterwards that he didn't see the part of the incident which would have constituted a red card. Well, we booked him, so he must I have know. seen something. No, but that, that's, that, well, that, that's where the argument comes in. We're, we're, we've just gone back in time 12 months. And by the way, John makes it makes a fair point, because loads of people don't don't like that distinction. They don't they don't agree with it, but, but that's the... Yeah, that's, that's the reality of it. Yeah, listen, if the referee says his, his view was obscured for one reason or another, and he thought it was a yellow card, then there's nothing you can do about it. If he turns around later on and says, no, listen, you know, I got it wrong, um, you know, then then obviously they can they can deal with it. But it was dealt with at the time and and you know that that's it. And but you know, John, John was saying there yeah. just in the lead up to that, oh listen, let's not go and down that road <laughs> road and then you want to get down that road, John. So no, I don't I, really you know I don't really want to get down that road, John. <laughs> no, I mean I'm just saying this is the route you could get down. You could be here all year going yeah. back and forward. But every decision you could do that in every game, as I said, that, you know and and listen, then the day, as I said, Celtic going to get penalties Cham might have got sent off There's loads of debates about football That's what makes it You know <laughs> This programme interesting Because everyone's got their views on it uh, John finally before we let you go then Just a final word on tomorrow What about sort of early Team suggestions Any, Anyone you, you're desperate to see in there Anyone you think shouldn't make the starting 11 I think uh, On the part I think Cutie Stephen Davis is outstanding But on that kind of surface I think they were, I'd play Kamara instead in a holding role because I basically 
the park, his age, it's sore on, you know what I mean? That, that's my, even though he's outstanding, and maybe play Flanagan, you know what I mean? If there's going to be a rough and tumble, play Flanagan back at left back, because he's been, any, any time in Europe, Flanagan's been outstanding. Has Greg Stewart done enough to keep his place, John? Who? Flanagan? Greg Stewart. Greg Stewart. Greg Stewart. Mm-hmm. Oh, Greg Stewart was outstanding Saturday, but it's only, I mean, I've been running out of the way up too much, so, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to be disrespectful with him, but I don't think he'll start him. What do you think of Holander, John? What's your view on him so far? Big money by, what's your view on him? My view on him? Yeah. I've not seen enough of him. I've not seen enough of him. Seen the artificial surface. He didn't look good. It he didn't look good. Mm-hmm. It, and that's the bottom line, he didn't look comfy. I've not seen him look comfy in that Livingston Park, by the way, and every time I've been there. But in terms oh, of the overall picture of the, of the Rangers central defenders, you know, Katic, Goldson, etc., where's Haland on the pecking order for you? Third. Third. I, I must admit, I agree with John there. I think Haland looks a bit uncomfortable. And some players do. Some players, for one reason or another, just can't quite get in their heads playing on the official surface. So I would play Katic tomorrow night. Uh, because of that no, Not because he One's better than the other Because I think he's more Suited and more mm. comfortable uh, Playing on the 3G surface Is that something you think Because it, although it is Just one game That's It's the most recent one It's fresh in the memory You think Stephen Gerrard Might look at that Mark Hillander's uncertainty If we can call it that On the Livingston pitch And, and, and take that into his thinking Well, well I think with, with Going with the, the reports there From Andrew And, and even John and, and Stephen Gerrard himself In terms of the way That, that young boys like to play mm. if they go direct. And I mean, the cat is the best in the air. Is that, is yeah, that the assumption? It doesn't strike me he's been a game for Hollander because of what I've seen of him. Even though he's seen a half million quid or whatever the fee was, he doesn't strike me as being a big, imposing central defender. It looks to me as though he looks want to be more of a, a ball player. And that might be wrong. That might be doing the guy a disservice. But the early signs, so it wouldn't strike me that cat is not taking anything to do with the surface, but in terms of the style of mm. play. I don't think either that that's suited to Hollander's game. That was John on the line, 0141 951 1025. Thank you very much for the call. If you want to get in touch, now is the perfect time because we're going to get some travel with Amber and then we'll speak to you next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the league leader for compensation. Talk to Thompson's.com. It's Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard, building up to a huge night in Europe for Celtic and Rangers tomorrow. Rangers are over there in Switzerland. We just spoke to Andrew McLean, uh, and of course, Celtic at home to Cluj, familiar opponents this time in the Europa League group stages. So if you've got any thoughts on them, get them in 01419511025. And uh, we're also on Twitter as well, at Clyde SSB. Bit of breaking news. Uh, tonight on the old contract front um, Motherwell have handed a new long term deal to Liam Donnelly uh, To the summer of 2022 He would be one of the success stories of the Premiership that, uh, Aside from his straight red card at the weekend of course um, but Are they contesting that just out of curiosity? Because um, I, I thought they would have because mm-hmm. I must admit I thought it was about half um, But they're clearly happy enough yes. aside from the red card To give him a, a, a new contract Many goals he's scored Gordon, you, you're the man I think it's eight overall That would be including the, the Betfred Cup And considering they never saw him As a goal scoring midfielder mm-hmm. I think it's a terrific return And yeah I mean he's, he's another player That's a little bit of a late developer uh, You know he's just, just come under the surface One or two people And maybe gets his opportunity uh, You know you know, f- through injury to other players And stuff like that But uh, particularly you know Turnbull But I think that uh, he's done remarkably well And it's a, a good piece of business For Motherwell to sign him up In a long term contract yeah, he's been good. Uh, Liam Donnelly watched Motherwell mm-hmm. a couple of times. Um, you know, I think he's. He went, I think Hilton as well uh, does well. Seedorf has chipped in with a couple of goals. So 
They started the season very well in the bet Fred Cup It kind of dipped a wee bit now that they seem to be back into a rhythm again uh, Alec is a Motherwell fan on the line um, Bit of opportunistic timing here Alec Because I just spotted that news And you had already phoned in I don't mind being honest about that um, What do you think of Liam Donnelly Happy to sign him up a bit longer? Oh god aye Anyway why are we missing the team now? I would, uh, I would like to extend their contract As a rock playing great yeah. He won that surprise you know, perhaps Alec Just because of you know it, sort of, it came from nowhere a little bit didn't it? Well, I think Ian Polworth, I think he surprised me there because I was just reading in one of the papers a day that he said nine assists, which is, I mean, it's not bad. Yeah. Than that. It's better it's than Kevin De Bruyne. Steady. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he's only a boy, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, no, my, my point is, uh, Gordon, it's to uh, ask Mark and uh, Jim, what do they think? I, I read today in the paper that the young boy, Lauren Shankman, mm-hmm. he's, he's been called into the Scotland squad. And it's just a straight yes or no. Do you think he come to the game against Russia? Uh, Steve Clark would just say, right, wee man, there's the, there's the number nine jersey. On you go, let's see what you can do. Because I don't think well, we've got another, we've not got another number nine that's scoring as many goals as with that young boy scoring. I think. And I, I know these games have got a meaning to a certain point, but the Scotland's got nothing to lose. Give the guy a number nine jersey and say, right, away you go and let's see what you can do. I don't think he'll play against Russia, Alex. I'd be very surprised. Um, that said, you'll have only you've only going to have three training days: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, to catch the eye. So I think that if anything, longer term, looking at maybe for something against San Marino, depending on how the strikers do. But um, listen, Lon Shankland has got a great opportunity handed to him because of the dearth of number nines that we have for one reason or another. He's been banging in goals for fun. And I'll let Jim take over here Because Jim knows a lot more about him um, Than me Because Jim's worked with him Yeah you know, listen he's a, he's a terrific goal scorer His record uh, for a United Over the last couple of years Is exceptional And he's continued that With Dundee United I mean Everyone looking at Dundee United Thought they need an out and out goal scorer Well they seem to have found one And obviously been rewarded by that And I'm delighted he's a, The last championship player Was John McGinn I think he brought on And look, look what's happened to him recently he's You know John bad. McGinn He's done alright So I think that sometimes We wait too long or we look at the negative side rather than the positive side. and But I, I agree with Mark. I think it'll be Burnley that starts against Russia. But I do think he'll start against San Marino. And why not? I mean, listen, we can be as respectful as we want to be. We should be creating a host of chances against San Marino. We should be. And uh, therefore, if we, if we do, then... The boy's got an opportunity Not only to get his, his debut But to score as well yeah. uh, And and for me That that would be the game He might, he might um, Get his first cap Coming off the bench Or so against Russia But I think he'll start Against San Marino uh, Jim for anyone Because you know, you're in a, an exclusive group If you like Who, who have worked with him Because let's be honest A lot of our fans Maybe in this city Don't watch Dundee United They'll see the goals coming mm-hmm. in And they think well, He's a goal scorer But Everyone you speak to who's worked with him talks about the improvement in, in the all-round game as well and, and the yeah. movement and uh, the fitness levels and, yeah. and various other aspects that he yeah. really is improving all the time. Yeah, I mean, Lawrence was always a strong boy, always physically strong, but kind of square, you know. Now he's defined, you know, he's, he's got a narrower waist, got slightly broader shoulders, he's became a fitness trainer, uh, a personal fitness trainer. He worked, he'd done that when he was at Air United. Um, you know, he's changed his definition and that's again made them sharper, made them more alert. Obviously, confidence is a huge thing. And listen, a lot of credit has to go to Ian McCall and Air United because they played a system that created a good number of chances. Now he had to put them away, which is the most difficult part. But if he doesn't play in that type of system, a team who are attacking, a team who are on the front foot, a team who take risks, um, then 
he, he doesn't get as many chances So a lot of credit to Ian McCollin at United But a massive amount of credit to Lauren Shanklin Just for rolling his sleeves up And looking at the, his, his own game Every aspect of it And saying how do I become the player I believe I can mm. be And he's worked ever so hard to do that And listen, you know, you can't praise the player highly enough and what a reward for him I mean you know, Everyone's pleased For him anybody that knows him He's a lovely boy Terrific boy He was always a good boy And always a decent finisher But now He's went to the next level And, and there's another level to come Alec and Motherwell's disappeared But we thank you very much For the call Alec Let's move on quickly And speak to William Who is a Celtic fan On the line Hi William Hello guys Good evening How are you doing? Good William What are you thinking Ahead of tomorrow? I am really excited About tomorrow night See, see the Shannon one do you, Could I ask Jim Do you think he'll struggle At, at going up the level Or does he, does he think He'll cope with International football No I think I think Again William As I said I think any striker That plays for Scotland Is struggling To a certain level Because we don't Create enough opportunities And some of the most Recent games We've played against Opposition Are better than us So but I think As I said If we play The likes of San Marino then I think he will he will create he will score goals, but um, you know possibly against uh, Russia, I, I, I think that's going to be another one where you you don't want your striker to be too isolated, and I think that that's the the next part of it is the next part of it is he's going to be going to play um, and learn that he can't always get opportunity to score, but listen his hold up play his touch his strength is really good. But he's not a lone striker for me. So international mm. level, sometimes, particularly for Scotland, you know, our strikers get a wee bit isolated. Uh, so you need a Christie or something behind them. Yes. Support them. Yeah. You, need, yeah. you need them. Right. Yes. Anyway, go, they go into the morning's game. Looking forward to it. I was just wondering. There's been a lot of talk about the midfield, you know, and shoehorn and the uh, charm into the side and things like that. When you and you're talking about uh, Celtic Park being a fortress. And I would say probably Leipzig's probably been our best performance in the in the couple of the last recent years, and in that in that midfield, Scott Brown wasn't playing, you know, and I I don't think that will happen tomorrow night. I think Scott Brown will want to will want to prove himself and and thing me himself for the last time he played, and nobody nobody's daft is putting his horn up there this time, you know. But uh, I think. I think the midfield, I think you could play five Scots. You know, I, I really do. I think you could play the five Scots. I think you could play Brown, Brown, McGregor, Forrest, uh, Christie and Johnson if he's fat. No, nah, I think, I think he's I think he's struggling um, for he's tomorrow. Struggling, yeah, he's a doubt along with Tom Rogic. Mm-hmm. Aye, it's just to ask a guy's opinion. Uh, I, I'm no, I don't think Nincham, I would, I would still, I would still, I would keep Nincham on the bench. And I would probably go even even on that left hand side if if Johns is not going to make it, eh, I would probably go for Sinclair, you know, rather than Illinois. I don't know what the guys think of that. I think the last time we played Clues, I think then Charm played. Yeah, he did. For, for me, William, the, the problem is not about whether you play Brown and Charm. For me, Brown and Charm are the best two, it's the best partnership at the club in that area of the pitch. The problem actually comes when when you want to play in Charm. You need to leave out McGregor from that role And it's how you fit the rest in In the number 10 in the wide areas That's when your problem comes from So it's it's. It, I think they're the best partnership But it means that, he ha- that Neil Lennon Has to leave somebody out yeah. further up the pitch If you want to play in Chamon So he's got to weigh all that up In terms of the opposition And what he wants to achieve in the game Etc, etc But I think McGregor um, Is the best number 10 at the club I like Christie But I know Christie's st- Best positions number 10 as well 
both of them don't like to play in the in the wide areas. But I do think that when you've you've got defending to do and you're up against it, and Cham and Brown are the best partnership for that role. But tomorrow night, I think Celtic also look to be in the front foot, and therefore you might bring McGregor inside Brown so he can play Christie's number ten. But if you're starting from the back and working your way forward. Brown and Sham The best mm. partnership And then you've got to decide What you do In your final four positions I mean, We don't see that very often Jim It's no. always it's always Brown, Brown and McGregor, McGregor. Um, What do you think about William's point Regarding the balance? Yeah it's always different Listen when you've got uh, You know good players You know I, I don't I don't think Sure on them I, I think he, I mean he's, he's, he's stated Several times that You know he's, he's been Exceptional at training And his attitude's been great And he, he wants him in the team Because he knows He's technically a very good player and it's just try to get the balance. He doesn't want to play a diamond. He always he wants to play the four two three one. So when in Charms played, he's played as the the one behind Edward, uh, and then he's moved Christie wide. He's had Christie and Forrest. He's had Christie in the right, Forrest in the left. I think it will stay that way. I, I don't think it's Christie's best position. I agree with Mark. Christie's much better playing in that advanced midfield role or behind the striker. But uh, I think you're know, wanting that extra midfield player in. I think that was something that. It didn't quite work against um, Clues the last time, and I think if you're looking at you know the opposition in such a short period of time, you want to make sure. I mean, listen, Clues scored goals, so you you need to make sure the midfield is solid to to deal with the counter attack. So for me, it'll be Brown and McGregor. It'll be in Cham ahead, and I think it'll be Christie Forest wide. With Edward ahead of him William thank you very much For the call But we're going to have to Leave it there Because we're already Majorly late for this Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online The Scottish Sun.co.uk Slash football It is beat the pundit time It's your chance to win A signed ball If you've got the football knowledge To tackle Jim Duffy Or Mark Guidi If you fancy it tonight You need to give us a call Quickly 0141 951 1025 because the lines close when the news starts at 7. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. They play to win every time. Talk to Thompson's.com. Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're about to play Beat the Pundit. We've been looking ahead to the Europa League matches tomorrow, but we've been thinking during the break because we were talking a lot about Tottenham last night. How can you not? I know we focus on our clubs in Europe. How can you ignore a scoreline? Like that one And as Jim says If that was one of our teams We'd have been battered For a result like that So It got me thinking What is your team's Most humiliating defeat? Quite a broad question So I'm interested to see What kind of answers You come up with It could be anything It could be a cup shock It could be a cup final It could be a league decider A result against Your biggest rivals You tell us Add a little bit of detail To us Give us, give us the story Your most humiliating what? defeat just, What's the one That Andy just mentioned there? I'll tell you what I'll tell you why Producer Andy's talking in my ear right now Is because uh, Dougie is on the line And he's about to play Beat the Pundit But Dougie's right. a Kilmarnock fan So I don't know if that was all Specially set up for you Dougie You might not have to think back too far How you doing? Your most humiliating defeat Is a Kilmarnock fan Dougie Oh I don't have to think too far <laughs> That's two months ago I thought you might say that I'll let you off The other, the other ones will be Maybe a bit further so back So I was talking about the no, that, not nice. gonna about that. Nah, no, there we go. Producer Andy's just he's talking rubbish in my ear, <laughs> as usual. Uh, we're going to toss the coin heads. You're going to be up against Mark Guidi and Tails. You will be up against Jim Duffy. I've got my old one penny. And it's Tails. It's Jim Duffy against Doogie from Comarnock. Let me give Jim a bit of uh, Clyde 2 in his ear. 
I can even hear it already So we're fine Dougie It's just you and I You've got 30 seconds You're head to head with Jim You can pass Here is your chance To beat the pundit Are you ready? Yep Right let's get stuck in What Swiss city Are Rangers playing in tomorrow? Bern Which Scottish club Were founded as Ferranti Thistle In 1943? Yeah, Stolen Which premiership side Did Lawrence Shanklin Play with between 2013 and 17? Aberdeen Which current Premiership manager Played with Newcastle Forest and Bolton Pass What is the name Of Air United's Home ground Somerset Park Which former Rangers captain Played with the Kansas City Wizards In 1997 Ian Ferguson Okay let's bring Jim Duffy back Jim can you hear us Yep Great same set of Questions to you You ready Yep Let's do it What Swiss city Are Rangers playing In tomorrow Bern which Scottish club were founded as Ferranti Thistle in 1943? Which Premiership club did Lawrence Shanklin play with between 2013 and 17? Uh, Aberdeen. Which current Premiership manager played with Newcastle, Forest, and Bolton? Mm. Paul Higginbottom. What is the name of Air United's home ground? Somerset Park. Which former Rangers captain played with the Kansas City Wizards in 1997? Uh, Barry Ferguson. It wasn't, but. Okay, okay. Uh, what do you think, Dougie? Uh, I think you may have done me. Think so? Yeah, I think so. We even had a wee question in there mm. about Somerset. I knew you would knew that one, the, the, the home of your rivals. Uh, mm. Let's see how we go on then. First one, which Swiss city are Rangers playing in tomorrow? It's Bern. You both knew it. Anyone been? No. No. You been? You were 2008, yes. Oh, right, okay. Very nice. Nice, yeah. So you both got that right. One all, which Scottish club were founded as Ferranti Thistle in 1943? It is Livingston, Jim. Mm. How, yeah, did, how did you know that? Yeah, listen, because I'm old. <laughs> You're not that old, though. Yeah, but Ferranti Thistle, I think they went to Made Bank Thistle, and then obviously uh, Livingston. Okay, 2 1 to Jim Duffy. Which Premiership side did Lawrence Shanklin play with between 2013 and 17? It was Aberdeen. You both huh? knew it, so it's 100% for Jim so far. Dougie, you're not far behind 3 2. Um, which Premiership manager played with Newcastle, Forest, and Bolton? It was Tommy Wright. He was a goalie wasn't he mm-hmm. uh, Tommy Wright So none of you got that And, and you, you would know this one Dougie uh, The name of Air United's home ground of course um, Somerset Park But Jim knew it as well So you still trail by one Which means it all comes down to this Which former Rangers captain Played with the Kansas City Wizards In 1997 Jim said Barry Ferguson It certainly wasn't Unfortunately Dougie You said Ian Ferguson I think And it wasn't him either It was Richard Goff So he has pipped you by one Dougie uh, close run Close lines, That was Dougie uh, Kilmarnock fan from Kilmarnock The sign ball stays where it is The the, the bean counters at Clyde <laughs> HQ Have both been giving away loads recently Some of the performances oh, oh, Aye. Brutal But we're back on track I think So there we go Not too <laughs> On a Wednesday Mark Aye We're cool 100% <laughs> last week You're absolutely flying at the moment Thank you very much That was Dougie and Kilmarnock Your chance to play Beat the Pundit uh, Tomorrow We've been talking about Spurs um, We're well, not so much talking about them We're, we're going to try and use their misfortune To take a trip down memory lane with you that's the, that's the bottom line So after that result for Spurs last night What was your most humiliating defeat? Now that could mean a number of things For a number of reasons So tell us why Give us a bit of the detail What is your club's most humiliating defeat? There'll be some loads out there uh, Jim Duffy as a player and manager Could you pick one? No, I've had a lot of humiliating defeats, uh, Gordon. You know, I mean, obviously, as I mentioned earlier on, having either been a player or um, as a manager, I think recently actually um, we lost uh, from the Martin at, um, at Falkirk, and, and, and I think 
I mean obviously we expect Falkirk to beat you Understand that They're a full time team they're, they're a good side But I think the manner sometimes You just think That was bad So But in terms of you know, a smaller club being a bigger club. Yeah, I've been I've been on the end of a few, so uh, I'm sure there'll be one or two people listening that'll know a little bit better than me. So I'm not going to volunteer all my rubbish. Uh, <laughs> I'll let I'll let one or two people uh, remind me, and uh, then I'll they'll put it to the back of my mind again. Uh, there we go. Give us you give us all your memories, and this by the way, every club's got one. So let let's hear from you all. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five at Clyde SSB. Your most humiliating. Defeat uh, Ken is in Cambus Lang What have you got for us Ken? Well Being a Celtic fan To me It really has to be Super Cali Go Ballistic I mean yeah. that was That was That was It's still sore to think about To be honest with you Were you at the game Ken Or were you just Watching on telly Or even just watching The result come in? Actually I've, I've actually never been To a football game in my life I was just watching it On the telly yeah. Well, listen, I don't think, yeah. no matter where you were, Mark, were I you was there that night, yeah. Were you working, uh, were you? Yeah, I was working so that what night. What was it like to work a, then? You just I thinking... remember there was a, a protest outside, and actually, at that time, I was doing a bit of work for the BBC, and, and they had to cover it live outside for the BBC as a protest was going on against John Barnes, and then, this is before social media and all that, Gordon, and then, you, you, that's when you really had to use your, your contacts and, and dig in, and all of a sudden, the stories are coming out about Matt Viduka at half-time, throwing the boots away, etc, etc, and then... Within 48 hours, um, John Barnes has, has, has gone. And Kenny Douglas uh, was the director of football at the time. He's been called back from a holiday to, to take over. And the thing was about that game, it wasn't a replay. The It was meant to be played on the Saturday and there was a fault in the Celtic stand. And the game didn't get called off about one o'clock or half past one on the Saturday because of this fault. The Celtic fans' safety regulations didn't pass. It got put back to the Tuesday or the Wednesday night. And then uh, all of a sudden... Uh, Cali won the game You know it's a big shock Jim When you remember The newspaper headline mm-hmm. <laughs> All yeah, those years I, later I have to be honest It's one of the best Newspaper headlines um, And you know I think that's the reason why uh, Ken and a lot of other people will, will remember it You know I mean listen You know You, you mentioned that there that, that then You know Triggers other ones Like for instance We spoke about The other week there With uh, Morton You know One and one nothing And Doug Emery scored The penalty Alan Moore was it The manager I sailed to Neil Lennon's Was I think Was the manager Wasn't it first time Mm -hmm. around Mm -hmm. So listen I think when the the smaller clubs Always highlight it And the bigger clubs Always seems much more uh, You know Demoralising And and as you say It seems to stick in the memory A bit longer So was that before Your newspaper days then No no I was was there for the Sunday Mail But I I, I did work for the For the BBC as well Is there anyone Is there any Who's the one person That gets credited with that headline then Because it's a Scottish son Yeah mm-hmm. Now the name of the individual I don't know it was he, Roger wasn't even at the sun no. At that time um, Just So you're going back to If you're listening Give Roger, us a call Roger Bailey would have been at the sun The sports editor would have been Steve Wilsoncroft Andy Swinburne Who's still at the sun Would probably have been There we go um, We will find out then So yeah the Whoever I'm not sure who takes the The credit yeah. as an individual But it was certainly the The Scottish son's headline well, What do you think was it About that one Ken That Set it apart from all the rest has been the most humiliating. Oh, I mean, we've had some bad results in, in, in Europe, but to be honest, when everyone asked Cali at that time, I mean, they weren't now over the club. Yeah. And just the manner that not only did they went about the win, but the lack of whatever that Celtic showed that he doesn't have any fight. You know, just it's such a I can't let Vanessa Cali, no disrespect to them. I mean, at that time, he should have been a walk in the park. 
Yep, that's a good one. It's a good one to kick us off, Ken. I like that. 01419511025. Loads coming in uh, on Twitter as well. Your most humiliating defeat. We've not just plucked this out of thin air. We're using Spurs misfortune uh, to have a bit of a laugh and, and, and a trip down memory. And Lock Tom says most humiliating defeat 10 2 Hamilton against Morton. Yeah. Remember that one? That was a couple yeah. of seasons ago. And but Kenny Shields in charge Kenny of Morton. Kenny Shields. I think yeah. Kenny. Well, I took. After Kenny, I went in after Kenny, and obviously I think that was probably a big part to play. Mm-hmm. Did Dougie Emery not score one of the two for Morton, mm-hmm. but, but then moved, yeah, to, moved Hamilton to Hamilton just, yeah. just after? Yeah, as it's, um, I mean, listen, when it gets to double figures, and listen, <laughs> believe me, I'm in one or two games where I'm looking at the clock thinking <laughs> this could be double figures, so you know, it's, it's, it is, but. You know, we saw Manchester City last week beating Watford eight yeah. 0 Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, and and if you look at the game, I mean, even he brings Ben Foster, the Watford goalkeeper, said it could have been twelve. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there there are times when the big teams, if they really get, you know, that that kind of. On that role, the, the smaller yeah. teams, you know, you're, you're, you're really just going with your eyes shut and hoping like the best. From from Lynn, who is an Aberdeen fan, and quite simply just says. Mm-hmm. Do you have all night? <laughs> so Lynn's obviously get more than one. Try and pick one, Lynn. Come on, of all well, the, the real sore one for Aberdeen, I think, was when Queen of the South beat them in the mm. semi final at, at, uh, mm. at Hamden. Jimmy Calderwood was the manager. I think Jackie McNamara was playing for Aberdeen at that time. And uh, I think that was a real mm. sore one for, for Aberdeen losing that semi final. Uh, let's get more. Uh, Grant's in Cumbernauld. Most humiliating defeat, Grant. Hi, Grant. Oh, Rangers now, St. Johnson 2, the ill fated Paula Glenn era. 2006 Thanks and Johnson We're still in the first division And I think I Don't quote me on it But I think It was Rangers First ever I think maybe Home uh, Cup defeat Against lower league opposition What a horrible Horrible night ah, That's not That's a good one Mark Because yeah. I thought maybe if, if you were coming at it From a Rangers perspective Hamilton You might sort of go Or you know Maybe some of the, those Horror shows Down the down the divisions In the, in the last few years Or, or in cups But um, St yeah. Johnson one Do you remember that one I'm trying to yeah, I, uh, there was a couple with Paul again. The one was was more when John Lambie's team, Hamilton Aki's came back one, one, when Graham Sunnis was in charge. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going back 35, 33, mm-hmm. 35 uh, years ago. Uh, the other one I remember Rangers, and it wasn't a cut shot, but it was so close. Grant, if you remember, this one was Albion Rovers going to Ibrooks. And, and, and one in and then I think Rangers Yeah Rangers got a penalty Maybe with yeah, five minutes to go one, yeah, To, to <laughs> equalise And you think You know Even though Rangers Were down the divisions At that time Albion Rovers Going to Highbrooks and, and, and beating Rangers Would have been Right up there I've, yeah, fo- well. I've found it I've found it Grant I've found your St Johnson game um, Alan McGregor Was in goals for Rangers Funnily enough Some big players in there um, Papach Hutton Novo Boyd Buffel Purcell come off the bench And it was a Stephen Milne Double for St Stephen Johnson Milne. Which knocked you out Sorry to bring that all back to you Oh no it's, 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 Don't worry about it <laughs> but I think um, I think we, With regards to the Albion Rovers one That was obviously More sort of recent times oh. That was a, a Sign of things that were happening Because I think It was a, within a matter of weeks A few weeks before or after They actually got beat In the Ramsden's Cup Off a of Red Rovers Which I, I suppose Arguably could be up there as well yeah. Um, but there was a couple of couple of European shockers as well. The one that sticks in, in my mind was uh, uh, was it Unaria at Ibrox um, in the Champions League group stages. Was that that four one um, game? Oh, I was. Oh, I, we were we actually scored. Mendes scored um, after a couple of minutes, and then all of a sudden, I never played. It was four one. Yeah. 
Grant had tried to forget about that one to be fair. He's 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 gone back a bit. Do you were you you on the beat at that time? Unaria. That's one of those names. Yeah, yeah, I've been, been Walter's team. Um was it Chen yeah, the chemist for that, didn't you? I think it was, is that right? It would have been around about that time, yeah, because Walt was in charge the second time round, yes, about 2009. Yep. Well, I'll tell you what, Grant, it must have been a sore one because Stephen McLean agrees. He's honestly, I would say, one of the worst Rangers results in Europe was Rangers 1, uh, Unaria, Urze, Cheney 4. So you've, you've clearly hit a nerve. <laughs> uh, what about the present day, Grant? Hopefully, no humiliations for either of our clubs tomorrow. What are you expecting in that game? No, hey, listen, my, my philosophy with Rangers and, and, and our Scottish clubs is, you know, so, deal with your home games and anything away from home is a bonus. Um, so, I mean, I'd quite happily settle for a point tomorrow, but with the way Rangers seem to play in Europe, especially under Gerard, it's, it's, um, it's, uh, it's looking, I, I think we could go and pinch a result. I think um, with Celtic as well, I mean, there's a lot made about this revenge mission, but this is, uh, this time around, it's, it's three points. I think you could argue there was a bit of a freak result because you Celtic score three goals at home in any game. You don't expect them to lose four. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I think I think um, match day one was successful. I think I think match day two could could equally be fruitful for the Scottish teams. I think when you look back at last season's campaign as well, Grant, and you talk about the kind of maybe maybe the missed opportunities on the road. So Rangers went. To Villarreal and, and they got a point but, but looking back on it They maybe could have won that game And then they went to Moscow And played well but lost And probably should have got something From that one as well So these will be the The fine margins That Rangers will be hoping to be on The, the right end of this time Won't it? We know we can compete Exactly We know we can compete I mean I, I would say There's a wee bit more glamour About this group This time around um, sort, sort of Champions League-esque If you, if you like um, But no, listen. I think Rangers have we've shown that we can hold our own. We've we've come through the, the stuffy qualifiers. Um, we've come through again a tough leisure tie, and and again fine order. It was one going on four or five. Um, certainly in the first half anyway. But no, I think um, I think I think if the confidence is there, to certainly at least get a draw. Certainly. Good man, that was Grant on the line on 0141 Loads of these coming in on Twitter Great stories uh, And uh, the reason I like these ones is because it's Sometimes it's a it, 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 Well that side uh, It's about the context as well It's not just about it maybe being a heavy defeat Because this one from Michael who says I'm a Thistle fan And with all the times we've been beaten 5 and 6 off Celtic or Aberdeen The two defeats to Livingston that relegated us They were the most embarrassing defeats I can remember So there we go, a bit of context there And this one as well, Gary Clark, a St Mirren fan The most humiliating defeat for me is losing to Rangers in the cup final Now in itself what, What's humiliating about that But yeah. Gary says Rangers were down to time, t- uh, nine men, nine men yeah. Fantastic uh, Kenny Miller headered um, An absolute sickener For us Says mm-hmm. Gary So mm-hmm. there we yeah, go You mentioned Paddy Thistle I'm sure a lot of Thistle fans will, Of a certain vintage Will remember 1971 mm-hmm. I think that's our phone number For Hill uh, Beating Celtic 4-1 And it was a, a Celtic side, side I, think, yeah. I think it included Ken Douglas As mm-hmm. Mark spoke to earlier not bad at all 01419511025 Keep them coming in on Twitter as well And we're going to get a full time teaser Up and running for the guys next Get your pen and paper ready Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors The compensation you deserve When you've been sidelined Talk to Thompson's.com
Mark Weary and Jim Duffy are here We're having a good laugh Reminiscing with you About some of these Most humiliating defeats It could be the the margin Of the scoreline It could be the significance Of the game Maybe losing to A European minnow Or lower league opposition In the cup Or maybe it was the, Just the context A relegation or something uh, You tell us Your most humiliating defeat The reason we're asking Is after Spurs last night uh, We do always have time For this full time teaser though um, So thank you To Stephen Leonard Who sent tonight's in Stephen sent it to Full time at Clyde1.com That's the magic address If you want to hear Your question on the show Full time at Clyde1.com Very straightforward I shouldn't have to do Too much explaining I don't think Can you name the top 10 scorers In the Scottish Premiership era So if you remember That came in in the 13-14 season So we, we've done SPL before And it's Boyd and Larson Or whatever Can you name the top 10 scorers Since the Scottish Premiership started Lee Griffiths From now to present day from Yeah from 2013-14 season To the present day Lee Griffiths is top of the tree Well done Michael Higdon No Adam Rooney Yes he's second Don't tell me you're going to get them in order That would be quite something <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no it goes without saying Some of these guys maybe scored SPL goals as well uh, Chris Boyd Chris Boyd you, you are actually now doing them in order you, You've got Griffiths, Rooney, Boyd what did you say Jim? Alfredo Morelos No he's just a couple short of that top 10 Ooh. Scott Sinclair No mm. James Forrest No 2013 uh, 14 so when did I'll tell you what we'll leave it there Because 3 out of 10 not yeah, bad So you can play along with us uh, We're looking for the top 10 scorers In the Scottish Premiership Era So from 2013-14 To the present day The 10 players Have scored the most In the Premiership Since it You know it Changed its name So Lee Griffiths is top Adam Rooney's second Chris Boyd is third But we'll leave it there Let's speak to John Who's in the East End Have you got a most Humiliating defeat For us John? Hey, hi Gordon Hi Jim Hi Mark um, hi, There's actually two That actually stand out For me um, Being a Celtic fan The first one was 94 Getting beat for the race In the cup final Ah there's nothing worse When it's no Mark Diddy Footballers that score against you John That makes it worse doesn't yeah, it I know Especially because we were In front as well In extra time um, That's That's probably The most prominent one And latterly uh, Albeit it was Probably a few years ago Was Ross County In the semi We were 2 nothing up And we got beat At Hamden That was a shocker For me and all Because nobody Expected that um, being we had Van Dyke and everyone was in my team back then, <laughs> and we still get beat. Yeah, Van Dyke against Morton as well that night. Yeah, I always wonder if I, Van, know, I, yeah, I, I remember to, that one as well. No, I have to be honest, John. Just, um, I don't think Van Dyke played because Neil Lennon was temporary boss at that time, and Neil Lennon signed him when he came permanent manager. So Van Dyke wouldn't have played against Ross County. It was still oh. humiliating, nevertheless. <laughs> yeah, it was a Tony Mowbray's team. Yeah. It was Tony Mowbray's team that Neil Lennon had taken over on a temporary basis and. I remember that that game as well, and you think, you know, you really you struggled mm-hmm. to see Neil Lennon getting the job after that. But he then went on and won seven league games, I think, in the bounce. And, and was that was that also what kickstarted a really ropey period for Celtic at Hamden? Remember, yeah. there was that spell. Yeah, where there was a spell that were struggled to win the games in Hamden. Seems and like then, a long time ago now. Yeah, because they're winning all the games now. Um, 
Just on another one, my sister's actually just texted me and she said, she said Roy Keane's debut for Celtic against Clyde. Oh, I remember so watching that on TV. So that was a cracker. Yeah, there, there, there's another one, I think. That there, there's a few. Uh, yeah, if you want to come, I'm sure. The, 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 the great thing about working in this show is we've not, we've not heard much about the 94 game against Ray <laughs> And yeah. it rarely gets mentioned. Yeah, but, yeah. but what was that like at the Where time? Was the goal scorers again? I slipped my mind, I don't know. <laughs> the Dazzler. But, um, uh, what was that like at the time, Mark? Because I, I now have the. the I, being the age I am, get the, the one-sided version how, how big a shock was that? It was massive was I was it? working in, in, I think it was my first day actually At the, at the now defunct Today newspaper And it was at Ibrox And uh, it was a massive shock And uh, the whole nation Well, one half of the nation, if you like Felt for, for Paul McStay You know, you know Jim obviously knows Paul well An old teammate has and uh, it, it carried the weight of, of Celtic in his shoulders for a long time through Rangers winning yeah. uh, nine in a row and you know he, he stayed where he was and tried to help the club and Celtic were going through a, a traumatic time and Tommy Bonds came in there was a share issue getting launched the very next day mm-hmm. um, as well so you put all that into the pictures but for, for Paul McStay and that, that was the team of Charlie Nicholas and the mm-hmm. team of Charlie scored that day yeah. didn't he um, but for Wraith to go and uh, win it Scott Thompson um, I think was it Wraith at the time um, as well and uh, Dave Danny Nary Lennon. and Dan- Danny Lennon and uh, I think there's probably, another young boy you know, was a young, young Dale Jimmy Nick what, young whatever happened to him the Daz on it centre for the captain as well wasn't he Daz was the captain yeah I think yeah. so yeah. of course he was yeah. you see him all the time he never let anyone else get near the cup <laughs> <laughs> but that in, in context of shocks Gordon um, that's Right up there with anything, yeah, yep, for sure. Uh, John, don't worry. We will bring, we'll give you the chance to to put out your your mind and bring you up to the present day. What are you, what are you thinking ahead of tomorrow? This so called revenge mission against Cluj. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not reading a lot of the stuff that's been mentioned in like press. No, more not even so much press. Most of it's social media. Um, people are saying it is some sort of revenge. Um, I was at the Clues game, the, the last one, and basically, like I think somebody said it earlier as well, for 45 minutes we battered them. How we never went through that night is beyond me. Um, and it, it was nothing to do with McGregor playing at left back. It was just basic complacency and bad play. And it wasn't a Celtic team that had formed into what they are just now. Okay, they're not a finished article, not by any stretch, but... Back then, it was just, I don't know, they just, it was like they didn't know anybody. It was like they were playing, it was like a team of strangers. Um, so, I'm hoping, obviously, I think Mark said earlier, six weeks on, they're in a better state now, they're in a better, they've got a better team together, they're in a better place as well. So, I'm not saying that's, that in itself will make them win, but I think they're in a better position now than they were six weeks ago. Yeah, I, I, I... I think John's right If you Look closely at that game It was It was just a mad What was it Maybe 20 20 minute period Celtic had it won With 15 mm. minutes to go Didn't they They managed to do the hard bit And They had it won twice really And, and get themselves back in listen, front I mean Scott Brown's really said He just had one of those Moments in your career You don't know why you do it You just stick your hand up And give away a penalty That they, you know They, they get caught um, You know Kind of A position um, you know, obviously there was a lot of debate, and John said he didn't believe it was anything to do with Callum. I don't think you could put it all down to one player playing a yeah. position, but you know, I, I just think that uh, they maybe get caught up in the game, Celtic thinking we can go and get another goal when they actually didn't need it. <laughs> so, uh, and 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 that was maybe just game management, and I think that uh, they'll have learned from that. So I think mm. if they're in a similar position tomorrow night, 
I think there'll be a lot more control about the game Let's hear from Christopher Iyer He's looking ahead to tomorrow's match We want to do better than we did last time at Celtic Park We know it's a massive game for us And we also know that Cluj will make it really difficult for us So they showed in the first game against Lazio That they're a top, top side And we have to be at our very best to get points How much do you think the team has improved since that night? I think we've uh, improved uh, a lot since that night We we didn't really show up in the first half. That game were a bit flat. We didn't press it well, but we showed in the second half that we can create a chance and score goals. And I feel like we're really settling in in tactical wise as well how we defend as a team. So everything is getting better. Yeah. To get through in this really tough group, you have to win. You have to win your home games or at least get points there. But we we go into every single game aiming to get three points and. There's uh, no ex- uh, exception tomorrow. As good as he's been, we probably saw that the one of the the errors or one of the the ropey moments when they played Ren in the previous game. Jim, well, yeah. I suppose he'll have hoped to learn from that a bit more. Cool head required in the box. Yeah, well, when we just mentioned there, Scott Brown, and then and also Christopher Iyer, I mean, he's going nowhere. He, I mean, it's a it's a very basic mistake from a good player. You just don't expect that. We wee bit unlucky at the weekend where he gets a ricochet off him. So he's maybe, you know, sometimes you get through spells as players. Um, but you know, generally speaking, he's he's made vast um, strides uh, of improvement uh, over the last couple of years. And, you know, a lot of people had their doubts, but. He's became a really, really Higher. good, yes, a yeah. really good centre back now, to the point where he's always the one with the other one now. You know, yeah. so I think he he's the automatic um, choice, and he's played right back as well a few times, mm-hmm. filled in. So yeah, listen, he's a good player, but he, he knows himself. Just um, stay in your feet, particularly around the box, and I think yeah. particularly against good, clever players who will draw you. And I think they don't maybe get tested at the same level in the Scottish in the Scottish league, but when you go into Europe. Then players will just draw you in, let you leave leave a leg dangling, fall over it, penalty. I think that's one thing that he mm. does have to improve on, mm. and it will come. He picks up too many yellow cards, mm. but just exactly what you're mm. saying, Jim. And I think as well, I've noticed in the past, you know, year or so, when there's anything going on involving referees or opposition, Ayer is always at the heart of it as well. And I don't mind that. I like to see that in the player sticking up for your team, maybe. But, but I think yeah. he gets too involved, yeah, and he's got to take a step back. From that as well Otherwise you'll get a reputation uh, Stephen's on the line He's fr- calling from Kilmarnock And he's a Spurs fan So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if we've uh, If we've just been pouring salt on the winds Because we've been referencing that defeat last night A couple of times Stephen, are you over it yet? Um, it was a good game <laughs> <laughs> It was a good game I've saw some brilliant well, Listen, uh, if you look at the stats It was just disastrous in the back And I think if you look very Tottenham just now there's big problems big divisions within the team uh, but very embarrassing uh, very embarrassing for the team a team of Tottenham stature uh, but I'm also uh, we also have season tickets the family has season tickets at Rugby Park and we were at Raul for the away game against Connors Key oh no what a and season then, you've had and then we were at obviously the home game and we were out uh, we were at Colchester last week at the League Cup <laughs> and uh, and I'm also a Scotland oh, army, so nobody's going to come on here and trump me. <laughs> Hold on, let's let, let me Is get this straight. Lucky, let, let me get this straight, Stephen. In the space of a couple of months, you've watched your team Spurs lose seven two against Bayern Munich. You get put out the cup off Colchester. You've watched Kilmarnock lose to Connors Key, and Scotland get thumped off Kazakhstan. Correct. Wow, <laughs> that's that's yeah, that's that takes some doing. That's good going. So what it's I've got to say is, 
what I've got to say is there's absolutely nothing going to happen in the rest of my life that's going to put me up And uh, Stephen, you said the family have got the family go to Commander Games as well. Have you got young ones or? Yeah, yeah. My my youngest one, he goes with my wife when I'm down. I'm out the way at London with my older boy and that. Um, and if Kelly's at home, unfortunately, it keeps him. Whatever happens, the fixture Kilmarnock at home to Ross County seems to draw my life, my youngest son over there, and it's always doer. It's been the doerest fixture I've ever had the last four seasons, and they're always at it. Um, do, you, I don't do, know. do you have to explain to the youngest that don't worry that it's not always as bad as this? No, he, he's actually protesting. It was at the Champions League final, you know what I mean? He, oh, he's, he's been uh, he's spoiled. So, <laughs> aye. Now we're lost. He's only. <laughs> That's that. He's only eleven, but he's uh, he's got your stage now when it's a fight to get him to go to Hugby Park. Do you, do you think, um, Stephen, on on Pochettino, do you think he'll see the season out, or do you think he'll walk? De- definitely don't think he'll see the season out. Um, I think he's if Zidane, if Bruce would have won last night, Zidane could have got sacked this morning, and Poch would have been away. Um, I think they'll, they'll, they'll fight. You know, if it doesn't go for Solskjaer as well, Man United have got well, to be the frame for Pochettino say, too, haven't they? Yeah. That was the next thing I was going to say. There's Would you swap them, Stephen? Would you swap Zidane and Pochettino just now? Um, would I swap? I don't want yeah. Zidane anywhere near my club, no. No, no uh, I hope that if it does happen, it's a disaster for us if this happens mm-hmm. because it's a, a project that they put together um, and it, it, the stadium and everything else. Like the, the turnovers, Tottenham grossed more profit last season and the six games they played at the new stadium and that profit was more than the bottom six in the Premier League put together for the season Is it too early for Alessio, Stephen? <laughs> I think so <laughs> Maybe in a couple of seasons time That was Stephen uh, Kilmarnock Tottenham And Scotland fan Who has suffered A lifetime of humiliating results In the last couple of months That was brilliant Stephen Thanks for sharing those A uh, Lots more coming in on Twitter Gary Kirkwood Has got one Which is the same As John James Irvin Tony Mowbray Love Street 4-0 His final game yeah. A blessing in disguise Says John James That was the final nail In the coffin Well do you know You, you talk about Blessing in disguise And you always hear people saying Managers are only given Enough time And you know They don't get enough time and, and I agree with that To an extent Particularly nowadays But you can back to that Inverness Cali result with, with, with John Barnes Who'd only been in the job Maybe 7 or 8 months And Celtic sacked him You know A day or two After it Had they not sacked John Barnes Martin O'Neill Would never have come in mm-hmm. No, so you look about things sliding doors and, and all yeah, that, yeah. So, all that kind of stuff. But I think nowadays, you know, we're talking 19, 20 years ago, but nowadays managers do lose their jobs too quickly. And even like when you hear what's going on at Aberdeen now, you know, talks of what protests and stuff like that against mm. Eric McInnes, yeah, an absolute disgrace. I always like, like I say at the start, it's not just the scoreline, I want the context. Where were you? You'll never forget it. <laughs> Brian Carey says it's got to be the 6 2 game against Celtic in 2000. Horrendous. I was on the prairie in Canada doing tank training in the army and trying to listen to a wind up radio every time we stopped. Celtic had scored. It was brutal. Is that <laughs> producer Andy? Is that, is that coming in? Well? I think it's maybe a Canadian relative uh, of <laughs> producer Andy. Uh, right. How are we getting on with this teaser? We're looking for the Scottish Premiership top 10 goal scorers. So I think I've got one. From 13 14 to now, you're going Lee Griffiths, Adam Mooney, Chris Boyd. Okay, another one who I, wa- I think watched him on Saturday play for Ross County. Billy McKay? Yes, he is in there actually. Yep. Is, uh, 47, I think. Dimbelli there? No. 
Uh, Chris Boyd's got to be in again uh, yeah, <laughs> More he's than there. once uh, no. no No he's there And I'll t- throw another one in Who scored on in- Saturday Greg Stewart No No So I, oh, so you're thinking individual seasons Yeah Jim no, this is total Total oh, goals right, okay. In the Premiership oh, since then Yeah yeah right, so, so everybody can only, can only be there once No 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 no. So Griffiths, Rooney, Boyd So for instance There could mm. be someone on here mm. Who's just ticked along At 10 goals per season mm. So Since uh, then Yes Callum McGregor mm-hmm. No uh, okay, I'll throw one more at you. I don't think so, but I'll throw him. Stephen McLean. Yep. Stephen McLean. He's got 45. Okay, you've got one, two, three, four, five to go. Maybe six because there's a joint tenth, but we'll, that's all right, all right. we okay. can sort that out next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com. Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi are here into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard, which means there's work to do on the full time tease up. Now, that the address you need, I always like to reiterate this because it's a long old season. We want as many of your <laughs> questions as possible. Full time at Clyde1.com. Questions. Like this one Can you name the Scottish Premiership's All time Top 10 goal scorers It's only since 2013-14 onwards So Lee Griffiths Adam Rooney Chris Boyd Billy Mackay Steve McLean Kenny Miller No Scott McDonald No So he's right up the SPL list But I think The um, Stevie May No So since when? 2013-14 season Was when the, the Scottish the, the Premiership The SPFL rebranded So there'll not, not be any Rangers players Will there? No um, Morelos isn't far off it But yeah, he's not on the list Yeah so there's no I'm just trying to Other Yeah it's more guys Who've, who've, who've yeah, Murray Davidson? No But you know it's, it's Most of them are strikers But it's guys who Have played a lot of games Ultimately in that time Yeah, yeah uh, Niall McGinn? Yes Oh right. right He's got 45 Four to get Five if you include the guy Who's joint 10th uh, Right also Oh There must be a Dundee United player in there No There's not no. Right okay <laughs> right, Fair enough right. not, We're still looking for your Most humiliating defeats This is in the back of the the Spurs debacle last night And I loved that call we had in uh, Just a moment or two ago um, He's a Spurs fan He saw them lose Last night heavily to Bayern Munich Put out the cup off Colchester He's also a Kilmarnock fan Who went to Kona's Key And he's a Scotland Tartan Army member Kazakhstan as well Yeah and it, What's this what I can't really need, read that Twitter name Del Or Delphi Law How silly of me It's obviously Delphi Law It says I thought I had it being bad Being a Scot supporting Ipswich but listening to that Spurs fan I don't know I actually know how he feels uh, Sean Murphy has singled out Armedia Bratislava Got to be up there With the worst uh, Red Imps In the conversation as well Do you, do you consider how, how humiliating is that I mean it obviously was But does it have the same impact When you then turn it around no, In the second it, leg it, 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 I remember the Celtic fans Coming on at the time And, and probably more so Rangers fans coming on You know want to, If you like you know Bring, bring it up And I'm saying well for me it doesn't count Yeah it's a sore defeat But it's over two legs And had Celtic been put out By Red Imps or Gibraltar That would have been I think uh, Without doubt The worst mm. result in their, in their history But it's over two legs Yeah they lost the first leg But they still went through Which is the most important thing uh, Josh says Celtic 7 Motherwell nil. My mate had a spare season ticket So I sat with him in the home end And then there's a wee sweary uh, bit at the end So yeah, that's that's never good If you're going to do that I think I was actually on my honeymoon During that game at 
started checking the scores And then when it got 3-4 I thought oh that's enough of that Put the phone away uh, From a mother perspective though As a youngster I remember watching A cup defeat at Forfa um, Alison Conroy likes to remind me of it, so that would that would be one. That wasn't that wasn't too pretty. The Albion Rovers one as well, from a little perspective yeah, in the that cup. Oh, I think I was actually working at the game, so the old uh, prof- <laughs> the professionalism kicked in, and you're not you're not worried too much sure, about the humiliation. Sure, sure yeah. Sure. Um, let's speak to Alistair and Corker Hill. What have you got for us, Alistair? Uh, good evening, Gordon, Martin, Jim. Clyde Bank uh, as a Rangers supporter and much standing the games against Celtic, Hamilton, Ackes, and Berwick. Clyde buying four Rangers nothing a friendly game in 1979 and someday it came for the near where Jim comes from trying to make the goal score the hat trick for the Bankies that night mm. and the paper headline the next day was the Clyde Bank Blitz part two <laughs> 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 uh, it's not quite super Cali goalistic but I like that Mark that's, Aye, that, that's, that's a good one I don't remember that game right Alistair uh, yeah, you're going to have to for a friendly to, to remember that you're going to have to educate right. me tell us a bit more Alistair way before uh, my time uh, the Rangers actually uh, hastily arranged it, arranged it sorry, uh, Gordon, to fill in gaps because of the winter between 78 and 79. Games were getting cancelled right, right, left right. and centre. Mm-hmm. And they filled it in and the bankies gave them a right hammering. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we went down to Morton the following Saturday, when we went to North, no, the Morton supporters were shouting all day. We scored the first goal, it was Clyde Bank, Clyde Bank. <laughs> it was one nightmare. <laughs> Only a friendly uh, Alistair though. I still I, I didn't like seeing my team getting cuffed like that, Gordon. <laughs> uh, to be to be fair, Fred Medigo was a really good goal scorer and one of Fergie's signings, you know, up at Aberdeen they signed him and I think I think he scored about thirty goals one season as well for for um for Aberdeen and I know he, he does well even when he started doing a wee bit of coaching and stuff like that, Frank he was he was never off the phone. I think Fergie. I think Fergie was trying to change his numbers. It was a good idea, him, but uh, no, he was one of the the great characters and a great goal scorer. Really terrific goal scorer for him to go. I am in awe of your memory, Alistair, because if I can remember a friendly in forty years' time, I'll be majorly impressed. This must have left a, a real impression. I think you're scarred from that night. I was still they're still there, Gordon. But luckily enough, the way my memory goes now, I don't remember much for about a week ago now. But that game still edges straight my memory. Doesn't know what we had for breakfast, but if you want to know who scored for Clyde Bank in 1979, Alistair is your man. Thank you very much for sharing that one, Alistair. Uh, I like that. Uh, just a bit of football news. Oh, it was John earlier. We, we we missed our opportunity when John phoned in and says, "Is there still a compliance officer this season?" Paul Heckenbottom has been issued with a notice of complaint. Mm-hmm. By the Scottish FA following his red card against Celtic This is the thing about these rules this season Jim, it's um, it's quite clear If you get the red, you're, you're going to get one of these Because yeah. you're going to find out what what your punishment is Does he have a, does he have like a leg to stand, to stand on, so to speak? <laughs> no, I mean I think he knows that himself He said, listen, you know It's one of those situations where a lot of managers You know, he doesn't try to kick the bottle towards a linesman but obviously it's aggressive and, um, you know, he, he probably will get like, like a two-game ban or something like that. But um, it's just a heat-of-the-moment stuff and, um, you know, these things happen. Just what happened to be, if it's uh, in, a, in a premiership match, you have a fourth official. If you don't have a fourth official, it might, you know, it might, the linesman might not see it and, and nothing more happens of it. But the fact that there is a fourth official, then he gets a red card, I'm afraid. Yeah, it's very clear now, Mark. We've been talking about this with Jim over one of the weekend shows. The the, the red cards, I guess, it's just something we'll get we'll get used to. It's not the managers. It's not that much different. I mean, Paul Heckenbottom would still have been sent to the stand last season. Yeah, the Ola got a yellow card last night. Did he? Had not noticed that. So, mm-hmm. right, listen, it, 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 it's one thing that that it does. It, it brings a bit of clarity. 
you know, in terms of you know, you know, it's definitive. You know, you're on a yellow, you're on a red, just the same as the players. And and I think it well, it should help to control a bit of behaviour. I, I I think it should make life a bit easier for fourth officials who, let's not forget, are there to help and officiate the game. They're not there just to hold up the substitution boards mm-hmm. and keep the managers back. They're they're actually there to help officiate. So well, that was Paul, that was Paul Heckingbottom's gripe, wasn't it? That, mm-hmm. that was it. Nick Walsh, I think, Nick was, Walsh, it was the yeah. fourth official. You know, and he, the complaint was that that he gave. The decision we said in the show that to me sounds like a a, a good thing, a really good thing. That mm-hmm. if because earlier on we criticised the assistant referee for not spotting Celtic's penalty. Had he spotted it and communicated it, that's what you want, is it not? It's supposed to be a refereeing team. Yeah. As long as they do it all the time, as long as it's a consistent. Yeah, we've, we've, I think we've, we've discussed it before, Gordon. Where some referees will have a little group get together and say, "Listen, this is the kind of communication we want to work from," and take a lot of information. Other ones want to say, "No, listen, just just." You know, you let me know these these points, but I'll deal with the rest of the stuff. So each individual, you know, has got his own way of refereeing, um, and some want a little bit more input from the the, the you know the their coaching team, sorry, the referees team than others. Okay, let's try and round off this teaser then. Full time at Clyde One dot com. Please keep sending your questions, and we love to have them. This one is: Can you name the Scottish Premiership's all time top ten goal scorers? We're only going back to 2013-14. You've got Lee Griffiths. Adam Rooney, Chris Boyd, Billy Mackay, Niall McGinn, and Stephen McLean. Uh, Kenny McLean. Nope. Chris Doolan. Yes. Oh, great shoot. Well done. Because I think he had hundred goals, and I thought he was six, seven years in the yeah, Premier. I think it's fifty-four in the Premiership. Really? I think. Yeah, I'd never get that. Great shoot. I mean, the other one, I think, because he scores a goal, Chris Doolan. Chris Commons. Yes, he is in that. ninth. Well done. Forty-one. We'll speak to Chris on Friday night show. See if he. Knew he was part of that exclusive list. Eight. Two to go. Two to go. I'll tell you what. In tenth place, there's a there's a joint tenth because someone just sneaked in in the last couple of weeks. Who might that be? If it's not Morelos and it's not Forrest Edward. Nope. So he's played for other Scottish clubs. That's sort of the key here. It's, he's not he's not a more prolific goal scorer than Edward, but he's been here longer. He's at Celtic now. Oh, Ryan Christie, Christie. Ryan Christie. Ryan Christie. Uh, Who would he be joint with though So 38 goals um, uh, Liam um, <laughs> The boys are by Ross County yep. Liam, Liam Boyce He's right But that's not actually the one right. we're looking for So you've got one more to get Similar yeah. I mean Not not a big Not not one of the, the major or Not one of the biggest clubs I should say But it was a very good goal scorer when he was here Scored some high profile goals In, in cup semi-finals and things like that He was only here a couple of seasons He's now in the English Championship. I yeah. I'm think. No. I Played for Motherwell. Oh, Louis Moult. Louis Moult. Well done. We he got there. The He's th- 38 goals. Same as Ryan Christie. Yeah. Thank you very much, Mark Weary and Jim Duffy. Big thanks for all your calls and your tweets. We'll do it again tomorrow night when the two big games kick off in Europe. Gordon DL and Mark Wilson will be here. And Callum Gallagher is up next, so stay right there. Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com.